to the Fourth and Forever podcast. My name is Darren Bonner, and I will be your host today. Oh my God! <laughs> You've ruined it, Darren. You've ruined it. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Keep going. Hit me. I am awesome. I am like Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield with the ball in his hand, 50-yard run down the sideline. Only one man's catching me. It's Stephen Gilmore, <laughs> and he's he's coming. He's getting there, and he can waylay this pod at any time. But I'm feeling good, <laughs> feeling good. God, you're you painting the picture for me there. I was yeah, really I sensing you're, it. You're, it was in it. I was there. I was a linebacker watching him run away from me, leaving and me in the dirt. I wish I was a skill player. Mm. Well, linebackers are kind of skill players. But anyway, yes. Welcome, Stuart. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm well, Darren. It feels different to be on uh, on the receiving end of questions at the very beginning of a podcast. I I, I kind of don't feel ready for this right now. And I feel fulfilled by your answer. Thank you. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> That's great. So this is part two because we're useless. Yes, pretty much. Well, so, we're not useless. We're just I am so Bob in depth. Sutton. <laughs> You're Bob Sutton. Okay. I have come in to the Dan Quinn podcast. All right. Okay. I've gone. Taking far too long to get decisions made, boys. Mm-hmm. We and need I'm to a... cut this down mm-hmm. and call timeouts when we should call timeouts and not take an hour to talk about very little, to be honest. We... I don't know how we did that, but that's we're fine. Full-blown Vance <laughs> Josephs is what we were, but we're going gonna to try and uh, regulate that a bit better going forward, maybe. I don't know. We were talking about keeping it pretty fluid before, so... Yes. Um, now we, we can just bomb be... into this with the grit and determination that the boys that are going to play in this Hall of Fame game will have. Ah, yes. When they're actually already getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. This will be good. It's good to get on the field again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll throw that ball. Oh, it wasn't very good. When can I come off, coach? I'm Kevin Hogan. I'm really bored. (laughs) (laughs) Drew Stanton. Get on the field. (laughs) It's definitely Drew Stanton time. Anytime's Drew Stanton time. I like Drew Stanton. Preseason, he's gonna be a rock star, like we are. We're preseason rock stars. He'll 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 uh, throw himself like eight hundred yards in the Mm preseason and get himself a third string quarterback job somewhere. Yeah, which is great. He plays for the Browns. He looks he looks great with a clipboard in his hand. He's he's a good boy. He's a good lad. Anyway, so the season is nearly upon us, Drew. Is it? Oh my god! It is. And my battery is running low. Ah. So, this podcast is pretty much, we have thousands of games. I may be overstating that. You you are, there's about 256 per season. 16 games over 16 weeks. No, 17. 17. Yeah, by week. Well, teams play for 16 weeks, so technically I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of games happening. Yes. Mm, There, There are many. But... Who should you watch, Stuart? I don't know, Darren. How I need someone to tell me what the best games to watch would be through the course of the 2019 NFL regular season. Well, you're in luck. Oh. Because we have our silver fist <laughs> gone through this whole schedule and found the best 10 games. We have? <laughs> For our listeners. We have! We have, yes. <laughs> To listen to or watch. However you consume football, you should That's pay it. attention. Consume. Um, so yeah, we're going to try and spread these out a bit, right? So yeah, it's 
It's not really that easy to do though, because sometimes you just have the two biggest slobber knockers on in the same week and they simply have to be addressed. You can't just say that one is better than the other. They're both outstanding and need to be talked about. Now, so we're going on matchups mm-hmm. and on excitement mm-hmm. at this exact moment in time. Yes. Obviously, we are not mind readers. We are not future historians. What? what? <laughs> future historians. Future historians. Uh, I'm going to endeavour to get that one added to the, the English dictionary. Uh, I like it. We don't know what's going to happen in the weeks to come. Speak for yourself, Darren. Yeah. Well, you'll see with my fantasy team. I have no freaking clue. <laughs> I just love it. I love the mayhem. Mm-hmm. But within the mayhem, we found 10 really good games. So shall we crack into those games, sure? Tell everyone what we're thinking and, and why we're thinking it and create content for everyone to consume. I would love to, Darren. Now, uh, I think the way that we're going to do this, and we've kind of come together. We had a little bit of a brief chat about it, and we said that, yeah, yeah, that seems like a good pick, or that's rubbish, what the hell is that supposed to be? And we've just kind of come together with a bit of a general, yeah, we, we can say those are, are interesting enough, and we're just going to talk around them ourselves in a kind of alternating fashion. So um, without any further ado, what, I, what game I would like to talk about first is the Week 5 matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. Why? I'll tell you, Darren. Because <laughs> this was not one of the games I picked. Be- because I think that these are two very interesting... <laughs> D- Darren just did the whole uh, like sitting rather daintily on his hands, staring right at me thing, as he often does, but not usually during a podcast. No, just, just over beers. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think these are two teams that are interesting. And they have... It's at the bar. High offensive potential. That's a better bar. Yes. So if things go right for the Texans this season, that's a 12-win team. Mm -hmm. But that is asking a lot, perhaps. But but before this podcast, we just watched some of the film of Deshaun Watson and what he can do. And even if his line is rather poor, he can still do the sort of things like Russell Wilson does in Seattle – and and potentially more because he's a bigger, more physical guy. He shakes people off rather than just purely outrunning them. And he's just got this excellent arm. And as long as you have DeAndre Hopkins out there, who to my mind is the number one wide receiver in the NFL, not number three as the top 100 has got him at right now. Eagles. Oh, Eagles. Absolute rubbish. Nuke Hopkins is the man. And getting Will Fuller back and healthy is going to be great. Uh... If if uh, if AJ Green goes there, like we said in our, our part one, or uh, or Jordan Reed ends up there, you know it could r- really make things exciting. Yes. Um. So serious questions. Who would you take in a game of Crystal Maze? In a game of Crystal Maze. Deshaun Watson or Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt Ryan. Why? Well, when you say a game of Crystal Maze, like I, I don't know actually, which which section are we in? Are we in the Aztec zone? Uh, is it a game of skill? Is well, it I think a... if it's like the Harry Potter grab the keys, money round that uh-huh. we do, I take Sean Watson. Okay, yeah, bigger hands, yeah, bit faster. bigger guy, faster. Yeah, 
Um, Matt Ryan's a Boston College boy. Mm-hmm. I think if he was to get some logic, Da Vinci Code shit going on, mm-hmm. he would. Yeah, he'd be pretty good. He'd be pretty good. I think they'd both be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would. I, asked I, I would happily <laughs> take two NFL caliber talents on my Crystal Maze team. <laughs> <laughs> that was about as left field as you can get there, Darren. And I and I like it. I appreciate it. And it's absolutely thrown me for a loop because I have no idea where I'm going next. <laughs> Who's going to win? Not uh, Maze, oh, oh, right, okay. In, in, in the game. Well, so far I've only spoken about what I see in the Texans uh, on like some parts of their offense. Now, their offensive line is still a bit of a mess uh, and they need to improve uh, quite drastically. They seem to like the boy uh, Max Sharping mm-hmm. and uh, a guy called Malcolm Pridgen is also in there for whatever reason. Um, but the defensive Malcolm side of the Burgeon. ball... Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they've still got J.J. Watt. You've still got Jadavian Clowney there. Jonathan Joseph's still hanging about corner. Uh, Sean Gibson's an excellent safety. Um, like they've they've got they got some stars there. Bradley Roby, if that works out for them, he could be at least good. Um, I would still try and like keep him as a pure nickelback. He didn't work out so well as a full, full-blown full second cornerback in Denver, hence why he was allowed to leave. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're interesting enough. But like the thing that keeps them interesting is that they are so flawed. They are very star-heavy. There's not a lot of depth there. But if they stay healthy, they're going to challenge anyone. And you saw that with what they did last season. After, after that terrible start, they had that stretch of, what was it, eight or nine straight wins? Yes. Yeah, which is was, incredible. It was very good. It was very good considering the Texans' offensive lineman line has more holes than a couple of crock shoes. Hey, ho, ho. Hey, who, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey, ho, hey, ho, 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 and the wide receivers, Julio Jones, of course. Calvin Ridley was excellent as a rookie. Uh, Mo Sanu is still a fantastic contributor there as well. Matty Ice, under the radar MVP season last year, as you mentioned. Uh, Austin Hooper will be back. That'll look great. Uh, they've invested on the offensive line, but offensive linemen don't tend to develop instantly in the NFL. Sometimes you do get these guys come in, like Quentin Nelson. But... Uh, and they still have Devonta Freeman back there, providing he's fully fit for the whole season, then that will be a big help for them. Then on the defensive side, they're going to get a lot back that they were missing last year. Key pieces including Dion Jones, as I mentioned before, and Keanu Neal. Like, that's real big. Like, I, I think those are game changers for them there. Now you're 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 humming and haying a little bit at me there. Like, I, what I, do you think about? Do you, like, do you not see that as being too, like, big time, like players coming back into a squad which was decimated by injuries last year? Yeah, but to me, the Falcons just need to be really, really good on offense and actually can win some games. So. Maybe I think Dion Jones can help with that. Keanu Neal, eh, eh. Not not so much uh, a fan of Keanu Neal. Nah, I um I have a, I don't like that he hurt Cam. Um, after the player was dead. He's a good player though. Dirty. <laughs> oh. But. You dirty bird. 
don't know. I Dirk Cutter's in there as offensive coordinator. He's going to be more interesting than Steve Sarkeesian. Dan Quinn's still uh, doing the defensive coordinator role. Like, if, if this system works out, like, I see this as being a really interesting matchup because mm. just how, well, primarily how interesting Deshaun Watson can be as a weapon. And by this point, hopefully, it's not going to be far enough into the season to have racked up too many big injuries. Hopefully. If you work on this kind of McVeigh kind of way the NFL is going where you're trying to win possessions, mm. the Texans will win more possessions than the Falcons in this game. Their defense is just better. Mm. Um, like, are you sure, though? Because, I mean, like, I just think it's a little bit... It's not as clear-cut. I mean, obviously, you've got J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. Whitney Merciless wasn't that great last year, but there's still plenty in there. It's um, it's not as clear-cut, I think. I think this game will be interesting, as you said. Mm-hmm. I don't know how high we're setting the bar with this game, but um, it, it's one of those games that will be like, to me, it's either going to be a 31-28 win or it's going to be a 40-10 to 10 blowout for mm. the teams. It's just got that kind of vibe. Um, I would take the Texans in this game. Cool. I would take the Falcons. Okay. We're going to have to note these down by the yeah. end <laughs> and uh, get it figured out, and then you can buy me lunch when I win. Pizza bet. <laughs> so you think the Falcons are going to win? Uh, yeah, I think the Falcons are going to win. Like, but I think it's going to be going to be close and it's going to be interesting. Uh, I see this one as being a twenty-four twenty-eight win for the Falcons. Nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, going on to the next game on our list, and we are already abandoning our plan to try and spread things out a bit by going for another week five game. Which one are you going for, Darren? It's um, Seahawks and the Cardinals, sure. Seahawks and the, and the Cardinals. Yes. So you're anticipating the Cardinals not sucking right out the gate? Or no, or I'm, I'm anticipating the Seahawks sucking. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so my, my whole thing with this game is that we're at week five, mm-hmm. which is a kind of make or break week for teams of certain standing in divisions like whatever division they're in. Well, NFC West. West. Yeah, yeah. Yep. When you have so, so much challenge going on mm-hmm. and the Cardinals should be the walkover of that division. So every team coming into that division will be like, oh, well, there's two wins right there. We can get those wins. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting the Seahawks to come into this game a bit beaten up, maybe a couple of unexpected injuries, and probably be sitting at either one and three or mm-hmm. two and three. Or, sorry, two and two. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals be coming in, starting to get their feet, starting to get their offense underway. And I just think this game is going to be... Either just a defensive battle where Wilson and Murray are running for their lives, mm-hmm. or it's going to be an out and out. A slobber knocker. Slobber knocker. Going to be throwing the ball up all over the place is, is kind of what you're thinking here. I just think this game is going to be really fun. Two very similar quarterbacks in stature and play style. Mm-hmm. And. Cliff Kingsbury, who's very offensive-minded and 
The Seahawks are quite defensive minded and I, just, I think it's going to be I set the bar higher than interesting. I mm -hmm. just think that this is a game of matchups, and you're looking at Wagner versus Isabella and Fitzgerald and mm. um, I see David being... Johnson. I just yeah, it's a lot going on for the, the Cardinals. Don't have that bad a team. I just don't think that this offense is either going to work straight away or work at all. So they have a lot of youth there. Yeah, but apparently, and this is more more camp buzz. More hash, hashtag Caboots! Uh, that Kyler Murray has just walked right into the system like he's been playing it his entire life. Of course he has. That's probably because he has, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm not going to walk in and be like, that Kyler Murray, shite. Yeah, no, he's not very good at all, is he? <laughs> First round pick, shite. Yeah, Which no. is kind of what they did for Rosen, and how did that go? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no we're going to go play uh, play Brett, Brett Hundley instead. Yeah, yeah, that, we think that's a good idea. No. Um... Yeah, I think that's a, it's a fascinating enough matchup. By the way, just quick correction, it's actually week four rather than week okay. five. Um, and you, you mentioned that you reckon that the that they might be um, maybe potentially one in three by this point. So I, I just thought I'd check back. So week one is the Bengals. So that'll be your one, I'm assuming. Uh, week... I just think the Seahawks start really <laughs> slow regardless of who they're playing. This is very true also, and people count them out way too early. Uh, then they also have then they have the Steelers in week two. That is at home for them. And then they have the Saints. That's a tough one as well, but that would also be worth a watch potentially. But yeah, I think for the excitement of the Cardinals against a team like the Seahawks, who themselves are like they're missing some players here and there. They've, they've got some problems um, with with the likes of Doug Baldwin having left the building. DK Metcalf, are you excited to see him? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think he's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't... I understand why he dropped. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I don't. I, I just think he's... He has a lot of incredible measurables. Right system, I just don't see how he can miss. He caught difficult passes at Ole Miss. Mm. Now you put him with Wilson. And you got Lockett. So you got the gadget guy. Got a couple of you know decent tight ends that can... Yeah. Play and then you got him running the long routes. Yep. And David Moore was there as a, a very consistent uh, like receiver. Yes, like last year as well. Uh, Jerron Brown uh, got uh, uh, Keenan Reynolds in there. Like you know, there's there's definitely I, I something going on. I feel like he dropped mainly because he's just not as much of a home run as I think front offices are looking for in a wide receiver now. So you've mm. got. Players like DJ Moore at um, Panthers, you know, they yeah. they want a particular style of player. Ironically, the Seahawks have already got that style of player in Tyler Lockett. Mm -hmm. So they can go out and spend a what, late second round pick mm -hmm. or third round pick on DK Metcalf. Because they've already got their number one guy who has a, you know, just this relationship with a quarterback. Yeah. So now you've got to put two men on Lockett on the flat. And you've got DK one-on-one -on -one going down the field. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, Russell Wilson's relationship with Tyler Lockett there. They had a perfect passer rating uh, when Russell Wilson was targeting uh, Tyler Lockett last season. Surely unsustainable to that level, mm -hmm. but that's an incredible statistic as it is. Um, so there's a lot expected from Tyler Lockett this year. 
DK Metcalf is not the sort of player they've had there before. So it's just going to be, be interesting to see how it's, how it's utilised. You know, Brian Schottenheimer is the offensive coordinator there. Um, and they've got, they've still got, like they've got kind of all right. This is probably one of the better offensive lines that Seattle has had in a while with uh, them bringing in Dwayne Brown from Houston, uh, Mikey Upati from Arizona. Uh, they still got Justin Britt in the middle. They picked up DJ Fluker, who has in the past been pretty handy. And then they've got uh, Jermaine Effetti uh, at right tackle. Yeah, I know, not that great. Turnstile. Yeah, yeah. But like, other than that, you know, it's it's not as bad as we've seen it before, maybe. But I guess that depends on how Schottenheimer manages to, uh, to systemize them. Uh, systemize. System, yeah, sorry. Well, like, you know, well, systemize, systemize, you say? Yes, I do say, say that. So we, we, we make up our own rules here <laughs> on the 4th and Forever podcast, Aaron. So as a future historian, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to systemize on. Uh-huh, please do. Um, to our eighth game to watch of the season, which um, you have picked out for us. Which game is this, Stuart? I will tell you, Darren, once I get up on my list. Uh, I picked, and I'm, I'm quite happy. Try I hosting. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I picked what I think will be an interesting one, providing... Uh, the Saints are not long gone uh, in and into the playoffs by this point. But in Week 16, the New Orleans Saints hold host the Indianapolis Colts, and both both those teams are fascinating. We know all about all of the weapons that the Saints have. So yeah, they've got they've got Michael Thomas, uh, a wide receiver, of course. Ted Ginn. Uh, they've got a lot of. A lot of depth there, and then their running backs. Of course, they, they did allow uh, um, Mark Ingram out the building, but Alvin Kamara's your guy. He's going to get an insane amount of touches this year, and uh, keep an eye out for for Rob Kelly there as well. He could be a good person to spell him, um, as well as Latavius Murray and Dwayne Washington's there as well as I just noticed. Um, whenever you've got an offensive line like they do with Ryan Ramchick and Teron Armstead. And they've also got Jared Cook in from Oakland. I mean, there's... He's a very good... Uh, very, very good tight end. And I think he's the sort of guy that can can really light up the Saints offense. I, I see him getting about, about eight or 900 yards and uh, nine touchdowns in this system as long as Drew Brees' arm doesn't fall off entirely, pretty much. And when it comes down to their defense, I mean, I don't want to just list players that they have, but the the system in which these teams operate, they're just so set up for 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 like high powered, fast, interesting stuff. Great play calling all over the place, and with the Colts, I'm really interested to see how they utilize Paris Campbell. Because I've been hearing a lot about him, a lot of camp buzz, hashtag camp buzz, saying that he is the sort of guy who's going to be a big player in this league, whether that's to be taken with a pinch of salt or not. Yes, beard rub. It's... Uh, yeah, it could, be, it could be a good one. I like the sound of it. Uh, <laughs> and we I were talking... Two voices. Yeah. Um, question. Tell me what you think about me. Bum my own diamonds and I bum my own rings. 
situationally, mm -hmm. you're at the eight yard line. Mm -hmm. The um, opponents are in a, a nickel, so they're expecting you to run a tight end mm -hmm. flat. Who would you take to convert that for you? Jared Cook or Eric Ebron? Uh, do they have their respective quarterbacks there? No, so... they both have Brent Hunley. Oh, I wouldn't take any of them. <laughs> can I? Number can I, fifteen in the league, just straight up. Can I just kneel? <laughs> <laughs> we'll take, we'll take the kick, please. I think the Jared Cook is actually a better tight end than Eric Ebron, but in that system, Andrew Luck just trusts Ebron so much right now that I would probably go with Ebron if he's having luck through to him. Uh, like Luck just has a, a great, tremendous feel and intelligence, and he just knows his players so well. I, I, I just can't look past Luck, and especially at this point of the season, if it was in week fifteen, that is. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that Drew Brees' arm is going to hold up this this length of time, mm. but if it does, you know. I love some of the matchups. You're like Cam Jordan, Quentin Nelson, mm -hmm. um, Eli Apple versus T.Y. Hilton. I just think this will be a very good game if they're both still competitive in the sense that they're not resting players. And because mm -hmm. the Saints have the potential, if they beat the Falcons twice, they could be done by this point. They could be resting players and getting ready for their first round bye. Yeah. If they beat the Falcons twice. If not, then they're in a dogfight. Mm -hmm. And if they're in a dogfight, the Colts are obviously in a very competitive division for where they are in their own like development. So if the if this game falls right, it's going to be just about. It's going to be 15 rounds, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be on one of the big networks, and it's going to be in the lights. So. It is Monday night. Yeah. It's Monday night. Um, it's don't they move the games around though when they start to get to sixteen, seventeen, depending uh, on if they're important. Or not? They have certain ones which are flex, I believe, but um, I, I think most of the ones for like so Monday night tend to be locked in. Because mm -hmm. um, they they moved the Titans Colts last year. Yeah. To Monday night or to Sunday night. Yeah, C considering where the Colts got to last season. Uh, with the roster they had, where most people were thinking, this is generally pretty weak. What what do they have? They've got T.Y. Hilton on the outside with Andrew Luck throwing to him. We don't know much about their offensive Quentin. line. But then likes of Quentin Nelson just came absolutely barreling out the gates and created one of the most incredible offensive line perform like stretches that we've ever seen. I can't remember how many games it was in a row they had without conceding a sack. Like Very, very incredible. I think I've said it before on this podcast while we were doing the draft, but it's such. It's gonna hurt the NFL so much that the uh, offensive line coach of Notre Dame is retired. A bit of a guru. A bit of a guru. Mm. You know, with the the boys he's brought through, especially in the last couple of years with McClinchy and Nelson, and the fact that offensive line plays dropping so much. Martin as well. Mm -hmm. Both Martin brothers. Just churns them out that place. It's a yeah. proper um, offensive lineman factory. Yeah, and. It's a shame that he's retired now because I don't know if we're going to see the same type of players coming through from that system. And yeah, it's. Pour one out. Mm. Pour one out to the offensive line play in the NFL. Oh, man. Anyway, who's winning? 
De- depends. Hmm. I- I- and like that is entirely on Drew Brees' arm for me. Uh, Did I- he break his record at this time last year? Something along those lines, yes. Like I think he he um he was stellar for a lot of last season. He was declining. If if he manages to buck that trend, then Saints win. Um, but I reckon it's going to be very close because hmm. I do really fancy the Colts. By the way, just massive props to Darius Leonard, the inside linebacker for the Colts. He'll be he's the next big thing. That guy was absolutely incredible in his first. Didn't season. make the Pro Bowl. Absolutely disgusting. Some Broncos boy made the promo. <laughs> Some Broncos boy. Some Von Miller. Um, Never in it all year, but still makes the promo. <laughs> anyway. I like the Colts a lot. Colts haven't. Actually, the last three matchups have all been won by the Saints, uh, including a, a 62 to 7 in 2011. Um. I will give this one to the Saints just because I do think that they are still have the stronger roster on the whole, but not by much. Yeah. Like it's a it's a, a, a ball here in this one, really. So yeah, who do you think? You know, any any favourites in that one? No, this one's gonna completely depend on situation, but off of um, kind of matchups, I think that Kamara does it for the Saints. Yeah. This is Big where I get annoyed with this running back conversation. Okay, yeah. Oh. Because sells in like, folks. We can't have running backs getting paid. But I literally look at the Saints and go, Oh shit, they've got Kamara. And I do the same with the Cowboys and the same with the Cardinals if they were better. If you if you use Alvin Kamara though, you've got more than just a running back. He is definitely more than just a running back. He is a receiving threat. He's a, a better blocker than people give him credit for. Uh, he's just an excellent route runner, great hands. His elusiveness is off the charts, and that is what separates a lot of the running backs in the league, like the good from the bad. Not going to do my next comparison. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> do you wish to to move on to the? We're, we're moving the next on one? to game number seven of our top ten games to pay attention to, while we have absolutely no stats on how the season's going. Number seven. Number seven. Do do do. Anyway, this is where I keep the ball and I drop my shoulder past Stefan Gilmore. Okay. And I'm at about the 30 yard line now, but you know, it's the Pats of Van Noy's coming. Oh no. You know, high towers there. They're slow. They are slow. But um, McCaffrey's got a gammy leg. So uh, I never said that. I oh, no. He's oh. like, he twisted his ankle earlier in the game. Oh, damn. We just don't know. He had it amputated. He's still <laughs> running faster than Calvin Noy. So they're, they're catching up. But okay. he's stepped past Gilmore. He's gonna, just got to beat the nickel when you're away. Okay, so game seven. It's Monday night. Mm-hmm. It's a repeat of the Thursday night game from last year, which was the highest rated game of the first nights. It is... At the Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. Tell it like it is. Jets versus the Browns. Jets and Browns. It's your boys, the Brownies. They're back in town. Uh, they broke their duck against the Jets last season. Mm-hmm. Baker's debut. Baker, Baker. Baker, Baker. And the Philly special. Yep. He, he woke up feeling dangerous that day, indeed. That was the Atlanta game. Yeah, but he was he still woke up feeling dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. He but wakes up feeling dangerous every day. He does. And I love him for it. Mm-hmm. You know why I really want to watch this game? Because it's your Browns? 
Yes, but also because it's the first... <sighs> this reminds me of when the Raiders played on the, the Monday night against the 49ers and Woodson caught the interception and they won the game in like the last second and it was mm. their first like um you know primetime game in four or five years this yeah. is how I feel about the Browns not including the first night game from last year where they're a bit of a joke because they didn't won and the first night just because they were gonna win and they should have won it easier but they had Tyrod Taylor this game is an opportunity for the Browns to win by about 30 points. Well, you think, you feel that low on the Jets? No, it's an opportunity for them to do it. Ah, okay, I see. They it's, probably won't. It's their potential coming out party yeah. in the NFL. You think? I think it's going to be close now. It's going to be snarky. There's going to be chip blocks. There's going to be people pushing people down when after they tackle them. I'm just, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm just seeing it. I'm seeing the dent. You know, Darnold stepping out, throwing, Denzel Ward right there. Mm. Interception to win the game. I just think this game, the matchups are good. I just, oh, I'm all about it, Stuart. I'm all about it. Uh, I think I think this is the, the, the game when you're going to get that opportunity. I would agree. Um, They've got to get, so the, the Browns are Monday night again in like week five or something, mm. which is when they're at home. Yes. And for the scheduling gods... I wish this game was the home game. Because mm. if it was at home, they'd win by a country mile. Mm. But because they were at home last year against the Jets, they're now away against the Jets. So it's harder because it's away. Yes. And I said on our thing when I said I thought that the Browns would go 2-2 two and two in the first four games and Steve Wilkes would get fired, I said that they'd lose this game to the Jets. So I'm sticking to the fact that this is going to be a gnarly battle. But I, just, I think they've got enough. I think they've got enough to win it, and it's going to be a coming out party on Monday Night Football. And I'm just, I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on it. I'm, I'm all aboard the Browns bandwagon, and I, I want to see them do well. And I mean, there's, there's been all this talk about all of the additions that the Browns have had over the off season, like uh, Oda Beckham Jr. Obviously, being the, the, the main headliner. But um, the, the guys that they brought in on the defensive line, like uh, Olivier Vernon and Sheldon Richardson's there. Uh, it's well, Morgan Burnett at safety. Uh, Greedy Williams uh, is... I, like We for, almost forgot that Greedy Williams exists. Yeah. He's going to come in... Chris, be, Chris Rock. Yeah, he'll be playing, playing the other side from, uh, from Denzel Ward. And yeah, that's, uh, that's scary. Mm. And right. I like it. And who would you take in the game of supermarket sweep? <laughs> uh, Nick I, Chubb. Uh huh. Uh huh. Or Le'Veon Bell. Ooh, ooh. Knowing how Le'Veon Bell is with his money. This mm-hmm. work two ways. Can like do, do Le- does he does Le'Veon go for the TV? Do I get to take Le'Veon Bell's girlfriends with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. But Otherwise... the problem is that I feel like Nick Chubb would go for the lots of things mm-hmm. build it up that way mm-hmm. I think Le'Veon would be going for the big TV try yeah. to stick it in the cart for like the first yeah, two well, minutes well, well, and then you'd only have like four minutes to get the rest of stuff and I just I would go Nick Chubb okay okay well just just for the sake of argument I'll go Lev Bell I think um, that TV's going to do it for him yeah absolutely Like I think in terms of the value he's going to get from it if you can get a big enough trolley well, we've seen that Steelers is used to carrying heavy things. Oh yeah, back. he's always carrying. He's loads. always carrying the load. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so who, who do you fancy in this one? Say it. Come on. Well, I said before that I thought the Jets would win this game because I didn't think the Browns would start well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say the Browns. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Okay, just just go with it. I'm, I'm feeling it too. Um, I, I would I just say that there's just so much to be excited about in this team. It's Baker's boys, man. They are just so interesting. And that, that, that defense is even more scary than the offense. Vernon. Mm-hmm. Garrett. Ward. Hogan Joppy. Sheldon Richardson. It's, yeah, it looks looks real good. They've got the a Mitchell from the Steelers as well, the safety. They've got a grounds of a stacked roster. They are, they are stacked, man. It's kind of, kind of scary. And yeah, yeah I would definitely say that. Browns would uh, be my favourites for this one. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a nice early one. So from week two, we're going to jump all the way back to the far end of the, the season. So, so far away, but back to week 16. And the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chicago Bears. Now, it really depends, I suppose, on what you think of the Bears sans Vic Fangio and still what you think of Mitch Trubisky but there was no doubt that last season these were two of the most interesting teams to watch uh, like last year but they also couldn't have been much further apart in terms of the style of teams that they were the Chicago Bears were uh, among one of the best defenses in the league they were uh, third overall uh, ranked in defense and they were 21st in offense. That's you know not fantastic, but good enough. And Chiefs were streets ahead on offense. Number one in the league. Pat Mahomes absolutely lighting it up. But that defense, led by uh, the now time management guy for... Uh, where is he again? <laughs> what? Bob, Bob Sutton, former Kansas City Chief defensive coordinator Bob Sutton. Is he in is Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. As the as the time coordinator, or whoever it is, um, time lord. Yeah, as the time lord. Um, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a kind of a fascinating matchup, and now that the Chiefs believe that they're going to have Tyreek Hill with them again, and you still got Sammy Watkins. You've also added to that with Michael Hardman, who was. Who isn't going to play? But that's fine. <laughs> we'll see how it works out for maybe them. the punt returner. Maybe, maybe. And their offensive line still together. You've still got Travis Kelsey there. Scary, but they've probably got worse on defense. I would say. Well, uh, like, both, it, both it, teams completely counter measure each other. Yes. Bears' defense is really good. Their offense is not great. Chiefs' offense is world class. Well, they're all world class, but it's the mm. best in the league, and then their defense is. It's not great. <laughs> it's, 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 it's no, not... it's not seen better. Who was it? Someone on Twitter was giving them just absolute dogs for their secondary core. The chief secondary core was. The chief, chief secondary was absolute garbage last yeah. year. It was probably me, to be fair. The, yeah. But they, they've they've gone and uh, they've got. Kendall Fuller is their nickelback, yeah, whatever. But the the key addition that they've made there is Tyron Matthew. But 
you can't expect Tyron Matthew to play like all four or five positions in the defensive backfield. Rashad Breland is an upgrade, um, I guess, but you know, it's, it's kind of like the whole lipstick on a pig sort of thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all well and good putting in these guys there. But then if you let your, your best defensive lineman walk out the door, uh, then that makes things a little bit more difficult. Okay, credit where it's due. They brought in Frank Clark from Seattle, but are we sure we know what Frank Clark is at the moment? He's not, no, he's not consistent. secondary. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I'm, I'm just m- their secondary is awful. I'm trying they to say they had Justin that... Houston last year. They had a, <laughs> yeah. they had players on the line that could get to the quarterback. It wasn't about that. It was about getting hit. On the man to man, same problem the Rams have with Marcus Peters on third down. Mm. Getting burnt, you're getting burnt. You can't man to man coverage anyone. You pretend to be in man to man. Everyone knows you're in zone because you're not good enough to go in man to man. The 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 way that we hear about PFF analyzing, which is the whole like what's better, having a, a better defensive line to force the passer to get rid of the ball quicker, or a, or a better set of cornerbacks. Uh, these guys were all about the good defensive line last year and it got the sacks it got the the medal win does it no it got them it got them to lose their 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 best defensive lineman players in free agency and they still haven't really addressed things on the defensive backfield and now they're weaker on the defensive line i mean did did these guys who got all the sacks last year No, but like, do you, do you need to improve on offense? I, I think they're doing all right there. The, the only like big change you've got there now is uh, Damian Williams, who is uh, getting a lot of camp hype also. Um, but I'd still say watch out for Carlos Hyde there as well. He's sneak, snuck onto that roster. Uh, he's often a good player, handy, but never seems to hang around long enough to actually do anything of any consequence. But... Maybe in this system he can be more useful. Maybe. I I still expect the Chiefs to be in the AFC Championship game. I still think that oh, they're yeah. going to be the team to beat. Mm. But I just think it's going to be easier to beat them than last year in terms of their defense. I just mm. don't see it. Um, Even easier than 31st in the league last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that leaves you with one place to go, Stuart. Mm-hmm. 32nd. <laughs> or just out of the league completely. Yeah. Um, uh, on the other side, I want to ask you about Mitch Trubisky. Is he any good? He's all right. He might get better than Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's in the system. I'm like he he had some excellent highs last season. He had a game with like five or six touchdown passes, but then the rest was just kind of lame ducks going into the dirt. And then the, then the occasional brilliant pass. But if, if anyone's going to get something out of him, it will be Negi. And, but by having, having lost Vic Fangio, they've now got uh, Chuck Pagano as the defensive coordinator. Right. They've, they've still got some amazing weapons there, chief of which is Khalil Mack. Who, yeah, who all wins? All these weapons are on defense. Like, we can <laughs> say all this stuff about Trubisky, but... What have they got on offense? They've got Tariq Cohen mm-hmm. and Montgomery. David Montgomery at running back, yep. But other weapons you'd have Robinson the third. Other weapons you'd have. Uh you got yeah, you got you got Alan Robertson. 
So Robinson, uh, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Anthony Miller, uh, Cordero Patterson's there now. He'd be a bit of a, bit of a gadget guy. Um, Anthony Miller's good. Yeah. The rest of them are average. And you do have uh, Trey Burton there. Good, a really good tight end. Uh, so yeah, I guess it just depends on what you see out of these guys. But not with, much. I, I think with, this, with, with, with Nagy, maybe what all you Trubisky need is the system. is run and dink and dunk and do an Alex, his best version of Alex Smith and this team will be a playoff team. Just don't lose games. It's when you get behind and you're behind by more than seven points and you have to start throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. I don't see it for Trubisky. And I don't necessarily know if it's him or if it's his weapons because his weapons have been very stale. They pretty much traded away Jeffrey the year they signed Trubisky. Mm, so yeah. they've never had a number one, really, for him. Robinson's had some moments last year, but everything was straight going last season. All the big moments that... They're expecting a lot of him this year. but and They're probably paying about 200k a year. Yeah. Like it's, it's not the way to build a team. <laughs> yeah. We do like David Montgomery, though. So definitely think about keep an eye on him. Who's going to win? In this one? Well, I mean, I would have to say the Chiefs. But history does often show that an excellent defense will always trump an excellent offense. Uh, It just depends for me how good this defense is going to be. In terms of the personnel they've got, they should win pretty much everything. But that, that Chiefs offensive line, I think, is is good enough to, to hold them off at bay at least a little bit. Mitchell Schwartz, man. Yeah, he's he's really, really good. But you do have Khalil Mack on the other side there, uh, along with Eddie Goldman coming in the middle, Akeem Hicks. Uh, it's just, yeah, there's, there's so much talent there. Uh, I'm going to throw it to the Chiefs. Yeah. I think the Chiefs will win this game. Mm-hmm. I think they'll figure out a way to get past Hicks and Mac, and I just think their weapons are too strong compared mm-hmm. to the offense of. But then if, if we're, we we're say... making we're making a lot of pauses and. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you think about uh, so many of these games as we're about to go into the next one. Mm-hmm. So many NFL games end in one possession, one score. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. It's because a lot of teams are very similar. And it's about the grit and the experience. And both of these teams have the experience now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I don't see Mahomes getting tricked by Jackson mm. as much as I see Trubisky screwing up. Mm. It's going to take Jackson and his backfield. Mm-hmm. Making plays against Mahomes. Okay, yeah. To beat them, whereas got I think to the Bears him. are more likely to beat themselves. If that makes sense. Yes. So I think the Chiefs will win. Okay, yeah, I can, I can see that. I, yeah, I definitely think they can. Just about see that. Okay, uh, you're you're a contestant on Funhouse in 1995. <laughs> Who would you rather be playing against, uh, Old Man Vic Fangio or Old Man Chuck Pagano? Um, how... 
out of time. The correct answer is Bob Sutton. Um, okay, moving on. And we have... Um, uh, I just want Chuck Brianna to win. He's been through so much stuff. Yeah, he's been through a lot. Poor Chuck. <laughs> Poor Chuck. We're, we're rooting for you, Chuck. We really hope you do well at Chicago this year. Um, you, you deserve it after everything you've been through. Uh, also, just seems like a, a real good guy. Yeah. Um, Didn't protect luck. That's fine. Nah, there's only so much. He's a defensive guy. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Shoulder, motor, block him. Yeah, (laughs) fuck, go skiing. That's fine. (laughs) Anyway, so the next one Mm -hmm. is one of mine. This was this this was a head scratcher for me, to be honest. I didn't like this selection that much. I wanted to take out completely and see if you noticed. Week five, week fifteen. Sorry, week fifteen. Number five. Yeah. Seahawks versus the Panthers. Do you know why? I'm screwing up my face. Why, Darren? Why? Because in week 15 of last season, mm-hmm. we got this, which was the Seahawks winning in a game between two teams that were 6-5 and five mm-hmm. by a kick in the last second because Cam Newton couldn't convert. And the Panthers were salty. Yeah, they were. It they were was... very salty about this game. There's a lot of hard feelings, and it's gonna be a battle, and it can't be waited. Whoa, Dan. Okay, well, you're editing this one, so you can bleep that one out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was quite the quite the game they had last year. I remember uh, keeping real close tabs on that one, and um, uh, yeah. So you you're going along the lines of. This is going to be it's, a knockout it's, just, game. It's, it's written in the stars. It's happened already. Uh, there's there's previous. These teams don't like each other. Uh, Cam Newton, for whatever reason, was still playing in that game as well. He wasn't really himself still. But... It's because they were still in it. Yeah, yeah. They were just they're forcing their way through that. Yeah. What what fascinates you about this then? Is it just is it purely based on that storyline? It's the redemption arc that could come from week fifteen this year. Both teams at seven and seven. Newton winning the game, mm-hmm. or the other way, DK Metcalf catching a out route. Mm-hmm. I I just see it. I see this game being down to the last second again, mm. and hopefully it will be down to the last second needing a touchdown rather than a field goal because it's a very different kettle of fish mm. when that happens. But I just see this game as just just an out and out battle, and that's what I want. I want big games you want you want battles well uh, in, in that game Christian McCaffrey had something like 225 yards of total offense uh, over 100 uh, through the air and another 125 or so on the ground um, I, I'm assuming you see him having a similar performance in, in this one he has the potential to I don't think um, <laughs> they've got any better on defense to mark him so that's right but I, I also expect Greg Olson to get more than 11 yards in this game. <laughs> um, is, has he uh, fully recovered from his uh, previous injury that he had? Um... As someone who has torn the arch of his foot and gone through plantar fasciitis or whatever it's called, yeah. I doubt he will ever be what That's he it. was. Mm. Especially after breaking his foot twice. Mm. I, if I was him, I just wouldn't play him at the start. They kind of made that mistake where they, this season, and obviously if you want to watch them make the mistakes, it's on Amazon. 
<laughs> they played him straight away and he got injured straight away mm. when they should probably give him another six seven weeks and brought him in when it started to get tough or brought him in for the first Falcons game or you know something a bit be a bit more specific with when you use him but the only way you can do that is by having better backups than Chris Manhurts <laughs> I think that's fair yeah. <laughs> his only good moment was when McCaffrey threw him the ball yes on a trick play so if they can adjust, DJ Moore's due a breakout. Curtis Samuel, people seem to be really high on him. Um, yeah, a good camp buzz, good camp buzz around Kurt Chris, uh, Curtis Samuel right now. Um, you have uh, Aldrick Robinson there as well. Uh, he's been talked up quite a bit. Tory Smith still uh, kicking about there, yep. as is uh, former New England Patriots wide receiver Chris Hogan. Do you see Chris Hogan actually being effective in this offense, or is he going to be another Patriot that? Does sort of all right there, goes away, gets payday, and... Uh, Heads off to lacrosse National League. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, they've now got a professional lacrosse league. Oh, excellent. And people did think that he was going to go and be like the marquee. Mm. He's a very good lacrosse player, Chris Hogan. Um, but obviously he signed for the Panthers. Panthers, which is probably the best decision, to be honest. <laughs> um, knowing startup leagues in America. Mm-hmm. But... Oh, I'm just about the storyline. I don't give a shit about the players. I'm, do you, do you I'm think just, I'm him here for the 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 just the gnarly side of this game? I just think it's something great. Do you think that either of these teams are are, are better or worse than they were last year, or are they? <laughs> this is why I think it's gonna be great. I think they're exactly the same, <laughs> other than DK Metcalf. I mean, he's the only real addition. Like, didn't the Panthers sign someone who's injured for like a year mm. as their number one pick? So, yeah, I don't see. Much change in this team, in this nope. at all. Panthers got um, uh, Brian Burns, the defensive oh, no, end. It was, um, Jeffrey Simmons, who went to the Titans. Yes, that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, okay. similar. Brian color Burns scheme. might make a difference, but I would say so. Probably yep. not enough to really change this game. I think DK Metcalf's got more chance of breaking the game open than mm-hmm. than Burns. Um, De- decent offense. I, I, I think if Cam's healthy this year and he manages to stay that way, the sky's still the limit. Just because Cam is potentially such a special player, if he protects himself, which is where he often does not hold up. Well, it's not really. I think it's just more that he doesn't get protected. And mm. well, they have he's invested just bigger. In that line. He just takes hits that other quarterbacks wouldn't take just because of his size. I think. Yeah, he just it takes some longer says, to get on. down, and when you get people like Keanu Neal going straight for his shoulder okay. after. 20 minutes of the season. You really don't like Keanu Neal very much, do you? That was a cheap shot. <laughs> We're in season for the Panthers on one play, but that's all right. Okay. That so, who wins? I said the Panthers. Um, Me too. If, if Cam Newton's fit, yeah. then I think they win. But I'm just looking for the disqualifications and the penalties, and I just think it's going to be offensive line play and McCaffrey getting hit high and. I'm just for it, man. For it. <laughs> it's a common. It's not far away. I don't know if Tyler Lockett has the pat the catches in him in this game that he had last time because he was immense in the last game. Mm. I don't know if he did a lot, but he just got some really nice plays. Tyler Lockett is a very interesting and explosive player. Uh, featured on the NFL's top 100 list for the first time this season. And he got 170 yards and a touchdown mm, in this game. Yeah, he's interesting. But like, yeah, like I just I do feel that Seattle have lost quite a bit. 
So yeah, I'm probably going to give it to the Panthers in a nudge. Actually, no. Uh, on the flip side, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Seattle just because late Pizza season bet. heroics. Pizza bet. Pizza bet. Pizza bet. Pizza bet. Anyway, moving on because we have places to be and we were terrible in the last podcast and we're terrible in this one as well. Well, the, the only place I need to be is right here because we're in my flat. <laughs> so I don't know what you're doing, um, but I'm good. Podcast that's really cold outside, and I've got to figure that out. <laughs> it's very cold. This is moving, the coldest I've felt in New Zealand so far. Moving us on, and I'm wearing shorts. So, yeah. moving us on to game number four beer quarta. So, again, sorry, but we're sticking in week 15 because there's a bunch of good games around about then. And one of those is the Los Angeles Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys, in my mind. So, um, last year, uh, the Rams did make a bit of a mockery of the Cowboys in January, and Cowboys aren't going to be very happy with that. And they can do anything about it. <laughs> they can, it's a different thing. Yep, absolutely. But, um, you know, people have had an entire off-season to figure out the Rams, and they did slow down noticeably towards the end of last season. Um and also, the, the Cowboys' defense, I think, has only improved. The offense is certainly getting there as well, um, even if they do still have, you know, the 20-odd best quarterback there. Um, yeah, like, I just see it as being a, like a, a really good, interesting matchup between the two. And I, I just think it's at that business end of the season where it's going to do some damage one way or the other. The Cowboys have been just—they're—they're they're solid now. They're—they're they're better than they were when they were consistently eight and eight. And the the Rams—they're going to have Cooper Cup back. They were—they were explosive last year. They've had an entire off season to draft up more plans, and they've still got Wade Phillips on defense, where you have the game wrecker. You've got Aaron Donald there. It's Aaron Donald, best defensive lineman in the game. Versus Travis Frederick, yeah, the best center in the game. Zach Martin, yeah, the, the, entire, the best offensive line in the game. So whatever you're going to be doing there, uh, it's it's going. To, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing that battle in the trenches because that's like a, a real tough back and forth. And that's one thing we're sleeping on with the Cowboys just in the season together is that if Frederick is eighty percent of the player he was two years ago, then this is a whole different team. Mm-hmm. Because that offensive line when he's in, and then you've got he really he LD seals it there, and on the other side, it's just it's gonna be good. My thing for this game is that that battle between where you line up, Donald. He's obvious. He's not gonna be on Zach Martin. I think we know that already. So whenever they line that offensive line, whatever side Zach Martin lines up. Well, Donald's going to go on the other side. The, the thing is, if you're like whatever side you're going away from in order to get rid of Zach Martin, you're going to be moving over against like Connor Williams, who was like pretty good last season. Uh, sorry, and Connor McGovern there too. Um, but you've got Frederick. Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick there either side. And then if, if you are going around the right side, then you you do have Lyle Collins to contend with. But this is Aaron Donald we're talking about. This is no mere mortal. No. This guy is like uh, just someone just took He Man and brought him to life. He's drunk the elixir. 
Yes, he has. He Prometheus. has the power. It's Prometheus with the fire. The man is... No, uh, I like my He-Man analogy better. <laughs> not mortal. <laughs> uh, also, Dallas have Jason Witten back. So, you know, that's a, that's a game changer. And not only that, but he's going to be playing against his favorite player. <laughs> Ebenezer, <laughs> Samson Ebukam uh, is is still there. For for a moment, I couldn't see him on the depth chart. I thought he'd he'll gone. just be waiting for Dak to pull a rabbit out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it just it never gets old. I love I Jason Witten commentary. Jason Witten did a like hour long podcast for the Ringer, and he talked about it, and I felt really. Amused and kind of sad at the same time. Yeah, he's a nice he's guy. A nice guy. And they were talking well. about how, like, how he wanted. He was going bald. Mm-hmm. So it was hosted by Ryan Russell, who's very bald. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Russell's trying to nudge him, like, oh, mate, you just got to shave it off. Just like, go for it. He's like, well, what happened? He's like, well, they kept changing my camera angles on me mm. because I was going really bald. So the camera angles at the start of the season were higher. Mm-hmm. And then like, as Wait a the season went on, they were lower. So it looked like he was talking down to the camera. And at the end of the season, you were just end, seeing his chin. ESPN shouldn't have hired him. Mm-hmm. And then shut the bed. Yep. And it's his, and now he's come back to play football again. Because what could be fucking worse, to be yeah. honest, than <laughs> being in the booth on Monday night, trying to replace John Gruden, going bald... Not getting your cliche comments in properly. It's rabbit out of a hat, mate. Oh, that's what it was. It's rabbit out of a hat. Rabbit out of a hat. This is a stuff you do in like primary school. Yeah. But that's fine. He'll be alright. He'll be a safety blanket. Blanket. Oh! <laughs> you caught, you caught a case of the Wittens. <laughs> Talking about it too much. He'll be a safety blanket mm-hmm. for Dakota Rain. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Whatever his name is. <laughs> Prescott. Dak Prescott. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, nice nice try. <laughs> I don't I, I don't see him making any difference, to be honest. No. Well, he's, he's, he's older. He's got the leadership, perhaps. Maybe his speeches in the locker room are a little bit better than they are on primetime. It was still... kind of strange. I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest. I watched the Amazon documentary on the Cowboys, which is yep. from the year before. He just walked around for three weeks crying. Yeah. Oh. Because he was retiring and they were shit. Oh. Just like crying to the media, crying to his teammates. Yeah. It's kind of distracting when you're Jalen Smith and you're trying to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Like, it's... I hope he doesn't... He needs to do more for the team. Yeah. To be fair, he's, what, five million against the salary or something, so he's not like... He's fine. He's fine on that side of things. Yeah. But he needs to produce on the field to really... I think he's a distraction now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out for them. Uh, if, if like I'm, I'm concerned about how they're going to work out with Randall Cobb there. I don't know if he's going to be much of an improvement. We, we need the older Randall Cobb in order for that to, to work out for them. But that, that defense is as stacked as any in the league. Uh, with Demarcus Lawrence, Malik Collins, uh, Robert Quinn's arrived, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vandrash, Byron Jones, who you hate, Xavier Woods, uh, Chidobi Awuzie. You pay him ahead of your big three. Yeah. Um, so that's stacked, scary, potentially best defense in the league. Potentially. 
potent. And they have it's potent. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> and it's got Rod Marinelli, uh, who, which sounds like he would make a pretty good sauce for that spicy meatball. And on the other side, yeah, we've already spoken about them. Really, we um, I rate Jared Goff better than you do, but <laughs> behind him you've got Blake Bortles, so that's not changing. It's. Uh, it just depends on what happens with this system. If like they could still come out the gates and be amazing, I don't think that they're ever going to be a bad team. Like I don't think they can have less than ten wins this season. Question: Tell me what you think about me. Yes. Who would be better? <sighs> okay. Goff mm-hmm. in Jeff Fisher's offense, Ooh. or Bortles in McVeigh's. Oh, oh, that's cruel. Um, now, when you it's say, and, and is, is this in like with the same personnel as the same personnel, offense? same exact same situation as they're in now? So, Jeff Fisher's full reps, offense, full reps, but it's Jeff Fisher instead of McVeigh. Oh, Bortles with McVeigh. I like, think Jeff Fisher's that bad as well. Yeah, it's just no. I just have this this feeling that McVeigh knows how to use a quarterback. And Jeff Fisher hasn't known how to do that since Steve McNair. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I found Not even close was that um, after... I, I strongly recommend to anyone that's trying to get into the NFL to watch these Amazon documentaries because they're just so in-depth. Mm-hmm. And when Zach Robinson went from... The Rams telling he's gone to the Bengals, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, he's just never McVeigh. Like, you know, it's not going to be. He's not going to make any difference." But then you actually watch these documentaries, and these quarterback coaches, mm-hmm. the quarterback assistants, they sit with these guys all day, joking around, eating, going through plays. I, I wonder if McVeigh losing a couple of these guys is going to make a difference to his team, because he can't be in the quarterback room all day with them. So he's going to have to find another couple of guys that can do that and he can trust to do that because he's lost like three of them in the last like two years. Mm. And that's what he's renowned for, the quarterback room, you know, teaching them the offense. It's like Guardiola in football, you know. Yeah. Guardiola with Ferdinandinho and Busquets and stuff. You need to have that relationship to build your team around. and You have that. Well, Goff's been there... Two years, but if he gets injured, I don't know if Bortles will be able to. No. <laughs> but give him a full off season, a couple of years, Bortles over with McVeigh over Jeff Fisher and Goff. Definitely, definitely. Oh. This is where I think. Are you riding the Blake train? <laughs> this is where quarterbacks really do need to fall into the right situation. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeff, Jeff, Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. his um, agent did a great job getting that 10 million up front. Yeah. Putting it. One million a year for the next two years to just... He's already been paid. So he's just got to, <laughs> to turn up and try, yeah. Doing all right. Yeah. Uh, That's all right. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, I'm going to say Cowboys. Yeah, I think that they'll be more on the line for the Cowboys in that game. And that works two ways for the Cowboys. They mm. either do a Cowboys <laughs> or they win. Mm-hmm. And they won against the Seahawks in the playoffs, which I think is a step forward. Yep. Um, they beat the Giants the year before in the playoffs. I, the Cowboys are 
it's it's hard to say, but the Cowboys aren't that far away. No, they're not in, not in too and bad they're shape. In, like a pretty, they're an easier yeah. division for them to mm-hmm. rest players, get a couple of guys some reps because the Redskins and the Giants aren't gonna. This is where they get into trouble. If the Cowboys come into this game after losing to the Giants for some reason, mm-hmm. and they have to beat the Rams, I don't know if they'll win. They've got this game and a cup and the two weeks after to get one win. Mm-hmm. This game's going to be a, a battle, and they'll probably come out the other side. Yeah, I think the only team we need to be concerned about in that division is the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles as being a bit of a contender against the Cowboys to the throne. That's a terribly phrased sentence there, but... It's like you've never hosted before, sir. Shut up, Darren. I'm tired and I I need the bathroom and stuff and I've had beers. You're you're the boss with me. So, who are we we doing? Eagles and Pats, yeah? Yes, the Eagles versus the Patriots. Sorry, the Eagles are hosting the Patriots in uh, week 11 of the NFL season. So... A uh, rematch of the greatest Super Bowl that I've ever watched. And, I mean, like, this could... Because if... Eagles won. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nick, and, like, Nick Foles got that special place in my heart for that. That was incredible. I, I was um, back in Glasgow with um, uh, my friends Alec and Steve and a bunch of their pals in um, uh, the... What was it called again? I'm not going to know, sir. <laughs> Looking at me it's been like a while since you've been to Glasgow, and we just had the Glasgow best like time. Four times in my life. Uh, we, we just like absolutely loved it. Absolutely uh, tremendous match. Um, but of course, now the Eagles get to do it again with Carson Wentz at the helm, who had to watch from the sidelines as Nick Foles did that to the Patriots and became a local legend of the Philly Philly. And Tom Brady failed to catch a pass and stuff or whatever. And now the Patriots are going to be without Rob Gronkowski. They're looking a bit weaker, pretty much across the board. Like, but say they're still they're the, the Patriots. So yeah, that's it. They're going to find a way to win matches like these. They'll get Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson's backup <laughs> from Iowa, and somehow he'll be better than all three of the tight ends. They'll do something. They'll get the offensive line coach to go out there and, and play tight end and, and be amazing at God, it. It'll just be something. But I guess we're looking at it because we haven't spoken about either the Pats or the um, Eagles yet in this podcast, and I just have so much talent. Yeah, There's just so much talent in this game, and I just don't know how you can't watch it. And you have to tune in for this game. Just yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of these games that you, that you can don't go want to be one ten to someone, but oh, if it's against the Patriots, you'd be a popcorn. Yeah, you, you don't want to miss it. Even though I detest watching Patriots games. There's, there's some that I'm just like, this is too fascinating not to watch. Of course, it will totally depend on how the season has gone to this point. But, you know, when, when it comes down to it, the Patriots are still in the AFC East. Are those teams getting anywhere yet? So they might have scooshed it by now. They'll play the Jets twice already by this point. It's about matchups. If you've got Edelman in the flat, the Eagles have Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And, his, and, and his posse. And... Other teams don't have that. So the Eagles are very well equipped to deal with the Pats. Yeah. And if Wentz can find that gear, then oh, this game's on. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like the, the the Eagles might be the most stacked uh, roster. Like it's there's just a lot there. They've got a really really solid offensive line. Uh, the only place that we had questions were at running back, but Miles Sanders is having some great camp for us. Uh, uh, of course, they've got Jordan Howard in there as well, who is also garnering camp buzz. Uh, not fantasy football buzz. N- n- no, because you don't really know what's going on really there. Like um, fantasy football. I, 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 I might like Jordan Howard for the for our scoring league, but we'll we'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, and of course, on the... <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> taking notes out. Um, and uh... so, Jordan Howard, that's very good. Yeah. Anyway. For, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. First round, go for it. Um, Probably got Saquon. Yeah, and they're sorry. Yeah, well, third round for you then. Whatever. Just stack up and running backs. It's fine. Actually, maybe don't. It might work out. Yeah, they're just they're they're, they're really really solid. And you were going back and talking about uh, history for the, uh, the the Seattle Seahawks versus Carolina Panthers game. Of course, there is that history of this of that Super Bowl mm. as a future story. In mm-hmm. I, I do look at history to see the future. Absolutely, it's like market trends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see a trend of bitiness mm-hmm. and rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of, of this game I think it's oh, I can't wait I just can't wait for Fletcher Cox to just hit right into the ground and then stand over him and be like let, let me read out the, the last uh, three uh, final scores for, for this matchup so uh, last year quite early it was in August 37-20 to the Patriots like yeah okay we probably kind of expected that yeah, Fowl was playing uh, yeah and then it was um, 33-41 in that Super Bowl and before that it was 35-28 to the Eagles as well so it's historically been a high scorer I can see that happening here as well I can probably see this going the opposite way from their last matchup I see the Eagles winning this one by a couple of scores and that's the main reason why I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> How cool was it the Eagles won a Super Bowl? It was really cool. I'm quite happy with that. I, I was ecstatic just because it wasn't the Patriots, pretty much. But it was just cool seeing a team have well, haven't won it before get there. That is what I like. I like to see these new teams get involved. The thing that I found amazing about it was just Donovan McNabb coming on him just being really salty <laughs> yeah. when he should have just been happy it's like well like, if you gave me more than just Todd Pinkston I would have done better yeah. James Thrash <laughs> it's over man. it is over it's over yeah no statue for you Donovan they got one for <laughs> Nick <laughs> Bloody Falls <laughs> that would be amazing can you imagine if Don McNabb had to hand over like or unveil it for Nick Falls yeah yeah no, here you go and then like he, he just unveils a, a smaller child's statue of Donovan McNabb vomiting on the on the pitch during the NFC Championship game uh, back in 2008 or whenever it was just a picture of McNabb being chased by Michael Vick yeah <laughs> his life um, so yeah he's winning Eagles by a couple Eagles. scores yeah. but um Patriots, yeah, they've they've got some problems right now. They picked up and kill Harry in the draft. They got Philip Dorsett there. That's not really doing too much. Demarius Thomas has some problems with his ankle. Apparently, Maurice Harris, who was like a sixth round draft pick, who's had about four hundred yards to his name through his entire college career, is getting the camp buzz right now. So that's not a good sign. You know, who he didn't mention who Edelman. Yeah. Like it's because he can't not he, he go he goes without saying because he's he's there like he's a, the ever present. But like if Edelman's there, mm-hmm. and then you've got Nikhil Harry, 
Then you've got a couple other guys, and then you might get Josh Gordon back at like week eight or something. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. I that, think Pats, Pats are good. Stephen Gilmore's locked down. Mm. They'll have a good defensive scheme. The, the Josh Gordon thing can swing them games if he comes back. We swung, uh, we got the winning touchdown in like two games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. regular season last year. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, with the Jets being a little bit better and the Bills being com- probably competitive at home. You need guys that can hit those long balls and just break open the game for you. So yeah. Ho- hopefully for them, they have Gordon available. Because mm-hmm. I just don't get you. are right. I just don't think they they have enough deep threat otherwise. Yeah. But, um, well, of course they they lost Gronkowski uh, this off season to retirement. He'll probably come out of retirement about December time when they need him. Week but, 15, uh, yeah. 16 wins this game. Uh, week eleven. Yeah, he won't be back for that game. Yeah, maybe not. But um, at the moment they've got Benjamin Watson, who's like thirty nine, but he's suspended for the first four games. They just signed Lance Kendricks to a contract. Thirty nine. Yes. Like, 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 dude, I got to do something to keep myself <laughs> alive. Like, well, I, I will have to do this and take the hit, but I'll be able to play twelve games for you. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, that's fine. He just wanted to to sit down for a bit, and uh, Matt Lacoste from from uh, the Broncos as well. Um, they they lost a couple of guys in defense, but they also brought in likes of Michael Bennett. So, you know. What what are you gonna do? From the Eagles. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Uh, so yeah, are, are you you feeling Eagles as well? No, I'm probably feeling the Patriots. To be honest. Just because they're Patriots. Yeah, and I don't know if Wentz will be playing in that game. Week eleven. Hmm. Mm. See if he can last. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we got to uh, move on from that one. And... Question. Oh God. No, it's not the same kind of question. No, okay, no, no, go for it. Go for it. If you know your division is weak. Hmm. Why wouldn't you just play Wentz in the division games when your division makes sure you've got a playoff berth and then bring him back rather than playing him in like all 12 games? If you know your division's rubbish. But can you can you take that risk and do you let him like would he like he wouldn't want to sit either? Because no. if you're if you're sitting him then you're potentially doing him out of bonuses for 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 playing and mm. Uh, for all these other things that are, are going to accumulate your stats based stuff you just never know Nick Suffield he might just step up and win a couple of games he's not going to no it's not going to happen but <laughs> I his longevity in a season he needs to prove he can do it which is a shame but yeah I think week 11 the Pats win that game week 4 I think the Eagles win mm, I see where you're coming from I just don't want to believe it yeah Okay, so uh, moving on from that one then, if you're ready. Yeah, on to week two, game two. or, or yeah, yeah, Game then, two and uh, week two. Yes. It's uh, Saints v Rams. Oh. It is oh. a rematch. It is Joshua versus Ooh. the Mexican boy, part two. So spicy. It's spicy. Spice. It's got to get those body shots <clears> in. you got to get it to at least round five. And then you just got to get it. Offensive pass interference, and then win the game. If you're the Saints, <laughs> that would be uh, the the sweetest way for them to do it. Just to push um, off on the line, tight end, just shoving Lamarcus <laughs> Joyner just like across the field. Yeah, and then just taking the catch completely unmarked, and the ref being like, eh, 
Okay, that's there, fine. There's a lot of salt in this one. There's some there's some serious saltiness. This is Jerry Cook just lobbing, <laughs> lobbing defensive ends and linebackers all over the place. So this is this is a game. Uh, the game the game in the playoffs last season changed the league because that whole you can't review uh, a pass interference call. That's that's not a thing. They're now like talking about allowing that. Uh, or actually, no. Are they are they allowing that this season? Is that happened? I think think they've said I that it's it, follow the referees. Right. Stuff. Um, so, yeah, I believe that is going to be allowed this season. Uh, so you can challenge that. But yeah, that's just super salty. So in, in the last game they had, it was the twenty six twenty three matchup that the Rams came out on top of, which got them to the Super Bowl last season, uh, off the back of a, a, a Nickel Roby Coleman pass interference. Um, which was just ugly, and you never want to see a game decided by a decision like that. Or do you? I mean, it gave us a lot to talk about, but I mean, it, it was just so. It was so bad. It was just. It, I don't know if you call it cheating, but it seemed like it to me. Well, didn't Robbie Coleman walk off the field thinking he'd caused? Yeah, and then the he he, he thought it himself. That, but like, where were the refs? I don't know what they were, were doing. But it's that blatant and obvious that something should have happened. And yeah, I just, I just found it so distressing that that was allowed to happen. <laughs> and it's so early in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's only to them. It's only one game ago. Yeah. And it's all the same team. Rams and Saints are bringing back pretty much the same teams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just. <laughs> That you really you don't even need to say much more about it. It's just spicy. That's it. It's so spicy. It's so it's, spicy. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely more than kiwi hot. It's it's making my tummy hurt. <laughs> Would you like some milk or a korma? Uh, probably like another beer actually, but I better not. Um, and of course, this is going to be no, 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 no. I don't want another beer. No, Dad, go away. It's, no, it's <laughs> it's um. Going to be early enough in the season that we're going to be able to really analyze it. Yes, absolutely. And make wild decisions based on it. It's Alvin Kamara versus Todd Gurley. Is Gurley back or is someone else going to be taking his place? Uh, will Alvin Kamara, Kamara last Harrison. without? Yeah, yeah. Will he? Will he last without Mark Ingram? Uh, is Cooper Cup going to be all fantastic again? Is this McVeigh system going to work? Uh, will the Saints manage to continue on? I don't know. Like this, and this one is probably too close to call for me. Do you have a particular feeling what way it's going to swing? The Rams will win. You think Rams will win? Yep, I think the Saints get all hyped up well, and then lose by about twenty. Uh, well, I'm going to pick the Saints. Uh, so pizza bet. Well, this is really soon. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we can do a pizza soon. bet. <gasps> <gasps> is this a, an evening game? Uh, this is Tuesday afternoon. It is one of the later games on uh, Monday for us. Yeah, this so. is one of the things that I, I don't really like about the way the games are shown is that they tell you the scores of the other games while you're watching the games. It's like, I want yeah, to like, consume want to as much that. as football as possible. Yeah. Like, what I mean is, I would have watched that Miami Patriots game last year mm -hmm. if they didn't keep showing. During the game, I was watching the highlights, the last the score. minute miracle play, yeah. and I was like, "Well, I've seen it now." 
I'm not going to watch it now. Whereas I would have watched that game mm. later. At least watch the condensed highlights. Yeah. Um, and I suppose after all that, my God, we're still going. That brings us to our last game on this list, which is... Darren, care to oh, bring well, it to us? I've, I've just skipped away from Carvanoi. I've now lost my shoe. <gasps> and I'm hopping. Oh, no. And I've just dived. On your good leg or your bad leg? A leg. I don't have good <laughs> legs. Just, I'm just hopping. I thought you were Christian McCaffrey earlier on. Yeah, Wait, is this you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's da- oh, no, it's Darren dressed as Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I've oh, tricked everyone. How did I not notice that before? That's why I didn't get away. I thought that was a flat jacket. I, like, dropped my shoulder and somehow Stephen Yuma ran right past me because I'm not moving fast enough. Mm. So he, like, ran past because he thought I'd get there quicker. It was, uh, it was amazing. But <laughs> I've dived for the pylon. Mm-hmm. And I've hit the pylon. <gasps> That's a score. I'm score. That's a touchdown. You know what the touchdown is? <gasps> it is the Pats versus the Chief. Oh. Week 14. Week 14, Stuart. That's going to mean something, Darren. That's going to mean loads of things. That's, gonna, that's like potential home field advantage decider right here. That's what, that's what we're feeling here. Right? Well, yeah, well, that means the season's exactly the same as last season. Yeah. So, I'm saying potential. Like, it yeah, could be the yeah. one that, that tips the balance. Or it knocks the Pats <gasps> out of the... Oh. Bye. Oh, yes. Oh, even, talk, oh. talk it to me. <laughs> don't, even, oh. don't even bring it up. Mm. And then they go out and play like the Colts and get beaten up. And then they go and play not the Broncos. They'll <laughs> just get beaten up in two rounds and then they'll get to the Chiefs. And Chiefs will be like, putting 40 on you, mate. You're not, you can't, you've had, you haven't had any rest. You're going to have to just steal. Mm. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, the last time that the Chiefs put. 40 on the Patriots. The Patriots put 43 on them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't that know how annoying. that happened, though. Oh, yeah, because no. the Chiefs don't have a defense. That, oh, yeah, that's how that <laughs> happened. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. So the Chiefs have got now got Tyron Matthew. Does he man Mark Edelman out the backfield? I feel like he has to. There's no Gronk. So it's just Edelman. Do you just put Matthew on Edelman man-to-man and just stop him from being able to dink and dunk? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if man-marking Julian Edelman is necessarily the way to go. He is just, he's just too... Annoying. Too, too, too jinky. He's just, yeah, he just gets there. He gets under your skin. Um, he gets under my skin, definitely. I watched this game with Stuart. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, sorry, I was a bit goddess. But it was hilarious. Anyway. Yes. Um. But yeah, like Matthew's obviously the one that they're expecting to come in there and be some some form of game changer. Uh, whether he's the guy to use on one on one coverage, I don't necessarily know. I think he's not necessarily built that way. But he, he's more of the sort of guy who he'll go and he'll sweep up everything. He could I be feel a missile. This is the issue with the um, playing the Patriots is that with Gronk you have to play zone, mm. and when you play zone. You just leave Edelman completely open. Yeah. Because he's so good at just finding space in a zonal marking thing. Considering that they're going to be without Gronk, it does change this game yeah. considerably. Well, if you put Matthew on their tight end, mm-hmm. and that tight end's useless now, that gives the cornerbacks and the safe, the other safety the opportunity to actually get to Edelman. Mm. When you're double-teaming Gronk, you're leaving Edelman one-on-one. Well... The way that I would hope would that this would happen is that uh, Steve Steve Spagnuolo of the the Chiefs, the defensive coordinator, 
is going to just throw a whole bunch of weird formations and stuff at Brady, get right in at him, and just get just Frank Clark force him. in the face, yeah. going down the visor. Yeah. If I was the Chiefs, I'd just give away that fifteen-yard penalty straight away. Mm. As soon as you could hit Brady, him. Now you're talking my language. Uh... <laughs> he gets that away so fast, but mm. it doesn't matter if you're going to hit him anyway mm. and take the fifteen yards. But yeah. you do that in the first possession, get in his, under his skin, and then play the game yeah. the way you're going to play it. Yeah. Um, I'm not condoning that. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, I would do that to Rodgers. I think you leave Aaron out of this. <laughs> I think the way the, the Vikings and stuff play against Rodgers is right. Hit him early and hard. Mm. Now, we do like offensive performances we like to see points go up and uh, being back to your future story and uh like hat on 31 37 it was in the afc championship game 40 43 in october last year and 42 27 in 2017 over the last bunch of times these guys have played so this oh. is a big if mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay yep if Tariq hill and Josh Gordon are playing. Let's yeah. get the over on that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, then we're looking at 40. 40, mm. 40. Um, if the Patriots don't have a deep threat, I think it'll be closer. And I think Belichick will make it closer. Mm. But if the Patriots do have some deep... We don't know what Nikhil Harry's going to be in week 14. He could be amazing. Yeah, well, like, apparently right now he can't separate from anyone, but... Like since when is that stopping? A long runner. Yeah, but he's not got great separation. Apparently, he's he's a he's a good jump ball sort of guy. Mm. Um, the brain doesn't do that because it's mm. illogical. He's like spot. They must have something something planned there. It could have been scheme based that things mm. sport didn't work out whatever way. But but yeah, we are pretty stoked for this game. Um, I mean, and like that's hard for me to say just because it has the Patriots in it, but. It's just because of the sheer excitement of how this matchup has gone in the past that I am excited for this one. Well, I know it didn't go the way you wanted, but the AFC Championship game was... It was fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was incredibly frustrating, but it was still beautiful to to watch that game happen. And uh, uh, D Ford was never offside. They said he was. <laughs> because of Belichick. I'm not sneaky. Belichick with the mind games. Anyway, I guess that's our rundown of the top. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Think, oh, you want to go? You got who, more to say about the Chiefs and Pats? Who wins this one, Darren? Oh. I can't say it twice. I'm going to say Chiefs. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm also <laughs> saying Chiefs on this one. Um, and, and, and hopefully that will really mean something for the Chiefs. It's and decent really running for the Pats, though. You got Eagles and then a couple of games and then Chiefs. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're, they're not all gimmies. They can't, they can't all be FCs. They they're like Alabama. They they're out of out of um, conference schedule to be strong because mm. otherwise they just romp, romp at twelve four and rest players and then oh, sick of it. Anyway, so we're on with the Chiefs. Yes, we're on with the Chiefs in the other game. We called for the Chiefs as well. Mm-hmm. Two to the Chiefs, one to the Pats. It's going to be a good season. This is just 10 of the 256 games 
to it. Mm. And yes, there's going to be games like Brown 60, Falcons nil. <laughs> but we just have to get through those games, you know. We just have to grin and bear them. And there's going to be games like Raiders 30, Broncos 10. No, there's not. There's not, Darren. <laughs> That's, that is a non-existent scoreline. You're pulling out your ass, you future story of bastard. Josh Jacobs going for 200 yards. Oh, stop it. Fangio. No chance, mate. He Fangio. literally just walks into the, into the media room and goes, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> Done. I've had enough. <laughs> this guy is rubbish. Um... No, no, I am really beginning to get hyped for this season. It kind of crept up on me. Yeah. I just sort of thought that it, it was a long time coming, but then I was like, wait a minute, Hall of Fame game is happening real soon. I come back from New York and we're only one week away. That's incredible. So uh, you still up for doing some sort of uh, tra- uh, tra- what must be trans-Pacific uh, pod? I can tell you how it's going to go. It's going to be, hi, I'm here in New York to speak to some New York Giants fans. How are you finding the season? You think you're better than me? <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> They're hyped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they like it. Yeah, It's like, it's what do you think about the Giants' chances this season? Like, oh, you, you're talking to me? <laughs> yeah, sure, that's how it's going to go. Yeah, um, it's like an episode taxi. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, um, I'm hyped. I'm hyped, Darren. I'm very hyped. As okay. I said, I've got... Chloe Parkey taking my extra point. <laughs> doink, doink. Not there yet. Ah, okay. But it's all right. Okay, so that was a podcast. That's like we've kept people an hour telling them about all the games we're interested in. Longer let, than. Let us know if you have any games you're excited about. Um, I know there's lots of you know Cardinals and Dolphins fans and Raiders fans and people out there that just want to tell us that they're important as well. Mm-hmm. Please tell us why. Yeah, tell us why you're important. <laughs> yeah. We know that there is someone here that likes dolphins, so tell us why we should pay attention to your team, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. While I'm in New York. Yeah, please do. Because I'm going to New York. And also, uh, if you have any ideas for who you think we should have as our team of the Fourth and Forever podcast this season, uh, of course, not including either of our own teams or anyone particularly closely affiliated with those. in those divisions. Yes, that's preferably not. not happening. Then um, we, we would like to hear them. We've got a couple of uh, suggestions already that we're going to look at, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things pan out. Okay. So uh, until, until you're in New York, Darren, uh, I'll see you when you get back. Sounds good. All right. See you later. All right, we are out. Bye. Bye. High five. Yeah, don't worry. I'll come out and catch you. <laughs> yeah.